Hi, Jennifer. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, um, I love it. Yeah. How you doing? I can't say good morning to you. It's now <laughs> for you. Yeah, I, I feel like lately I have been just like I noticed that I need like two hours while I'm getting it together and this and that. And then I was like, oh, I need to clean up the bathroom. And then I started getting, you know, just, I just started like doing a bunch of things that I've been putting off and haven't had the energy to do last week. Yeah. Um, I've been a little under energetically resourced. Not mm. exactly sure why. I've just been a little more exhausted. Like I can't catch up. Yeah. That's, that's been a, definitely um a feature of, of my life journey many times i've just had to spend i've had to, i've had to have a lot of experiences you know learning experiences uh yeah. to just help me pay attention to the subtleties and nuances of my various energy levels you know and there's so many different factors involved yes yes there is uh like right like who's around us what we're eating what we have time for everything everything what's going on in the world you know yes <laughs> really um it, it's it's more complex than it seems and it's funny i was i was um chatting with one of my very close friends this morning um and she was saying that she's having a reaction to different kinds of foods that she normally has no problem with and i said well you are getting more sensitive yeah Oh, hold on one second. I don't okay. know why my, my TV just randomly went on. That was really weird. <laughs> hold on one second. That was really weird. Hold on. Wow, that was weird. <laughs> that, you know, you were talking about your friend. That might have been her spirit coming in on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was deep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that was right. That was right on time. We were talking about yeah. these energetic influences, right? And you must be saying yes. That there's the truth here because <laughs> we were just. I was saying to her, "Well, you're becoming more spiritually attuned and and a, and a lot more in alignment, and so maybe certain things no longer work for you, right? For your body, your mind, your spirit. So there we go. That's, Interesting. Yeah, there we, there we go. <laughs> I, I love. I love when things uh, time. That kind of way, that kind of right on time synchronicity of just signals yeah. and messages uh, and signs and symbols just kind of popping up into our consciousness field like that. Yes, yes, yes. And how about yourself? How have you been? And how is uh you're you're well, in um, Northern California? Yeah. I, no, I'm in uh, Southern California. I'm in um, Ventura County, just up the coast from L.A. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, what a great area. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been uh, savoring the climate. That's really what I moved out here for. I was in Silver Spring, Maryland before that for mm -hmm. many, many years, DC area. Mm -hmm. And I, where exactly are you? I'm in Montclair, New Jersey. Montclair. I'm in, yeah, in New Jersey. So we're, we're, Looking at New York, but we're a little bit further back. We're not quite so right on top of it anymore. That's I grew up in mm -hmm. like Jersey City area, which is like right next to New York. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, that kind of in alignment with what we're saying, my sensitivity was growing so much that I just couldn't be that close anymore to the city. Yeah. Nonstop. Oh yeah. Know? No, I get it. I get it. I um, I've always been deeply sensitive and and um, empathic and all of that and. And as you're saying, you know, I've been very aware of how that sensitivity has sharpened and deepened just as a function of my own growth uh, mm -hmm. through the through the years. Right. And so I'm always tuned into how different cities and towns and communities and neighborhoods uh, feel to me. Um, you know, there's individual energy bodies from people that you interact with or pass by but um these things all these things are all real and i you know as i reflect on the places i've lived and where i may, may feel called to to live i think about that often you know i'm more of a yeah. i appreciate cities but i grew up i grew up in the mountains in the desert and i grew up with spaciousness i grew up in a lot of nature 
And so, yeah, so I'm always called to that and, you know, find my medicine there and my, my peace and restoration and inspiration. Um, so, yeah, I'm always interested in where people are settled in their lives and how it's feeling to them, you know, yes. at that point yes. in their, in their journey. Yes. Same here. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I'll probably be having a move soon, but I just ended up, um, not ended up, that sounds really funny, but in the last year, mm-hmm. I got into a relationship for the first time in many years. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and this person is in this, you know, they're in this area and they just moved to New Jersey from New York so that we can see each other a bit more because yeah. they were all up in Queens and, um, so now it's over like a year and a half and it feels like this, it's just like this person feels really good for my soul and spirit, <laughs> mm. you know, very different than me, but yet very similar. It's, it's like nowhere near psychology or my work or, <laughs> okay, okay. But, at the, but at the same time, really willing to be open to it and just like learning and, and I'm learning a lot from his realm. So it's pretty cool. It's a really nice, um, relationships and now I'm thinking okay I thought I would be heading back out to California but now I have this uh, uh, new human to consider right <laughs> yes 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 life is funny like that we have you know we start to um, have plans stir up in us and then life happens and yeah 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 <laughs> so, so I heard you say back to Cali you were living out here at some point Yes, I lived um, in San Francisco and then in the Oakland Lake Merritt area. Mm-hmm. This is going back maybe now 10 years okay. um, when I was here for my doctoral program. I went to CIIS. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I went to their doctoral program. Um, so I like kind of left everything. I got my master's out here in New York. Yeah. And then I took that that leap and living in California was one of the best times of my life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I went to uh, grad school at UC Santa Cruz, so I wasn't far from where you were. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used to go to Santa Cruz all the time. (laughs) I used to come up to Oakland all the time. I was trying to get some some culture up up in Oakland. (laughs) Um, But Santa Cruz is a gorgeous area. Um, Yes. We actually just visited uh, two of my friends that went to grad school with me. We had the uh, same advisor and the other, it was just a few weeks ago, we decided to get in the car and drive up and, and visit him. He's 93 now, I believe. Oh, and beautiful. so, yeah, he's still writing and publishing, but we wanted to spend some time. That was, that was priceless. And uh, we drove around that Santa Cruz campus again in the Redwood Forest and all that. It was spectacular. It sounds it. It sounds spectacular. Yeah. 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 I um I am also excited just to to uh visit with you today after we got to briefly embrace and be together out in, in DC last summer. That yeah. was really cool. That was cool. I sat in on your you know, your keynote and wow, fire, fire. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. being here. And it was great to feel your spirit. It's funny because my friend Anissa, who was with and just supporting, was like, I've been following Jaya John forever. She's like, mm-hmm. and she said, his energy is a giant. Like, like not only is he taller and larger than I thought, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, his energetically, what a beautiful, gentle giant. And I oh, thought that's so interesting. And, and I was like, oh. yeah, I really resonated with um just your warmth and spirit and presence. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was sweet of you both. And (laughs) please thank her for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just, wasn't it wonderful to be there in support and service um, under Dr. Tama's leadership though, and her vision for that, for that summit. That was, that was beautiful. Fantastic. And, I just wish that she could do another. Well, not for her, maybe for the APA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could do another, whatever, five years, because I think that under Thema's leadership, you know, a lot of people started feeling seen. I saw more folks of all different types and identities than ever at the APA. Yeah. Um, 
she's such an I, invitation. Well, absolutely. And I I saw something the other day about their the APA membership reached its highest um, gotcha. levels ever, I believe, under, during that year under her presidency. Not surprised. Yeah, there was, there was <laughs> definitely uh, a new wind blowing. So, and Jennifer, your book, wow. Thank Decolonizing you. therapy. I got to say this. <laughs> oppression, historical trauma, and politicizing your practice. This, you know, as I move through it, I want to share from my heart with you that I'm sitting here grinning as I read it because you, in addition to being, you know, so richly uh, rooted and and qualified in academia and psychology and therapy and all these modalities, you you're absolutely a poet. You're a spoken word artist. I can see you love Jones in it at the microphone in some club. Like your language, your language is so beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm, I am just, I'm taking that in. I'm just receiving. Yeah. yeah. Younger teenage me receives it. Cause I used to, I used to. Did you? Yeah. yeah. My favorite was the New York and poets cafe. Yeah. Yep. I know. Um, yeah, and a few times in Oakland and just, you know, little coffee shops and spots when it spoke to me. But thank you. Um, oh, thank yeah. You. Yeah, no, you're gifted. You're gifted in, in many ways, but certainly with language and, you know, your ability to articulate these these realities and these dynamics um, in a way that is just, you know, your book feels so passionate so alive it's not really like reading a book it's like um you know sitting in a space with someone who's on stage and they're just flowing they're really in their groove really in their mm. in their spirit that's what it feels like and like i said the language is just absolutely gorgeous and rich and um it's it carries you it conveys you along into these different streams and so i think just just that aspect of the of your book is really a gift for folks because you know how it is in academia and in these mental health yeah. fields how dry and yes let's say excessively cognitive um the language and the communication can be there's no heart and soul to it oftentimes absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. And if we have any of that heart and soul, then um, at times it is frowned upon or um, even sometimes I've noticed when I've, you know, taught as an adjunct for about 13 years, not so much now. Sometimes our students would just be in rapture and then other times like well what's on the test <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and not that 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 you know but it was like we we're, we're trying to um also plant a seed yeah. to allow you to thrive more in this field yes right yeah yeah that, that i love that metaphor just because i'm biased i'm i've been gardening all my life and i <laughs> you know, since i was a boy and i i just love i love that um, I love that journey of, you know, sinking your hands, your fingers into the soil and embedding that mm -hmm. seed and then caring for it and caring for the soil and watching the sprout come forth and see it all come to fruition, right? Yes. And when I was um, a professor at Howard, um, that's exactly what gave me joy with those students, you know, being in, in relationship with them. Uh, yeah. planting those seeds and more than anything also listening to them holding space for them in such a way that they were really planting their own seeds within themselves yes yes yeah. yes i love that yes 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 <laughs> um and my my wish is just thin and when i was writing it i thought what did i need and it really was like a love letter to myself and to every student client, person I've worked with, that I've had, um, what did I need? 
you know, what did I need someone to say, to talk about, to help me better understand? Didn't mean I was going to absorb everything all at once. Didn't mean that I needed to be an expert at everything. Didn't mean that I needed to know everything in the glossary. (laughs) But more like, what did I need to at least start to read so I can also see all different types of experiences um, reflected in the case studies, quote unquote, and the stories and the and the ways that we can work with people to provide some possible transformation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I was curious uh, about your journey with this book. Uh, for me, I see it as a, as a writer, I, I see it naturally as clearly a, um, a culmination of your entire life journey. But, you know, I was curious about, these are specific things that led you to approach this book in this way and, and fill it out in the ways that you did. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. You must, I'm curious about your, um, you know, you're so, you have such a strength and and power um, and self conviction about you in my experience. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear like hmm, where you feel that all comes from. I'm I'm seeing family, community, all of that, but I'm curious. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm honored of like receiving the warm fuzzy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's a great question, and I, and I imagine I I do think it is as multifaceted as perhaps the book. I think a lot of me is reflected in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I That might be obvious. And at the same time, I tried to not make it. It was like both and make it. It's I'm all in everything and don't make it about you. Right. Yeah. Like the is bigger. And I would say definitely family. I would say I'm a pretty strong mix of both of my parental figures. <laughs> mm-hmm. My father with his mouth and rage and not always in the kind that I'm trying to help people build relationship with now. Right. Not, sure, not, always, sure. <laughs> not always in a sacred place, <laughs> uh, I get it. but I, I often, and also, um, a performer, you know, my father, very self, not, not really a performer, but a performer meaning when anytime he had a stage or a mic or a friend audience or a game night. Um, my dad is a person that comes alive, you know, and is uh, self-deprecating and raunchy and direct and argumentative. And, <laughs> you know, I'm being honest, you know, so, and he'll say the first, he'll say it too. This is, this is who he is. And, and, um, and sometimes impetuous and selfish yeah. and sometimes harmful. Um, and so there's dad and he grew up, you know, um, in the projects, mm-hmm. in a lot of poverty, Irish and Italian descent, mm-hmm. and, and um, always kind of struggling, you mm-hmm. know, with something. And then my mother on the other end is this sort of uh, force of nature on the exact opposite end. Mm. Anyone meeting my mother generally just smiles a lot and sort of falls in love. And like, you know, no matter, you know, she, she's about to be 75 and my mom is still moving and shaking and in her fifties and she looks like she's in her (laughs) fifties. Yeah. Yeah. And um, kind and nurturing and giving times a million and just everyone sort of surrogate mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, was a really, really, really amazing mama and overbearing. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I would say that they're like these two polar aspects because they are so vastly different. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my environment, you know, growing up in an inner city and being a really highly, highly, highly sensitive child mm-hmm. that saw a lot beyond what the visual eye see. Yeah. And and saw a lot emotionally and also saw a lot spiritually and I didn't know what to do with it and I didn't sleep a lot as a kid and I got scared a lot as a kid 
And no one really could foster that in me. And there was definitely no social media or (laughs) anyone there talking about anything other than what we quote unquote knew to be true. And so that impacted me too, you know, like that, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that knowing that there's more here than what I'm seeing as a human. And mm-hmm. I, I've said this once or twice, but one of my favorite stories, because I don't remember it, is that I was in kindergarten and as always very protective. Maybe that's another aspect of me. Like I could take a lot, but when it came to people bullying others and it felt like an injustice, mm-hmm. I just ever since I was a kid, I just always spoke up, whether it was to my father, whether it was to whoever it was, I just always pushed back as a kid. Mm-hmm. and. Um, our teacher who I liked was unnecessarily raising her voice and getting really snappy with two of my friends. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, you're just angry <laughs> because you mind you, this is like, what? I don't know. I was born in 78. So like early eighties. Right. So oh. just for context, there's no phone, there's no mobile phones. No. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, you're just angry because your husband's cheating on you. Um, don't take it out on us. And apparently that was true. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You are wild. You yeah. maybe do you feel like you intuited it, or you just came out the outside of your mouth with it? I intuited it, like I knew it, and, mm. and I think that's what I've always said. And my friends will say, like you know, with a capital K, like if somebody really wants an answer, and I'm not saying this on an egoic way, it's just yeah. years of coming to learn this about myself and friends and loved ones and even clients saying, just give me your gut. Mm-hmm. I want, you. Mm-hmm. and like no, sometimes I know when it's not. But when it's a capital K, no, um, I can just share it or I can just hold it in or I can do something about it or whatever, you know, however I need to, to flow. But sometimes it's that capital K yeah. knowing and sometimes that capital K knowing needs to be said out loud. Right. And that's what Wait. it felt like in this field. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because... Because I feel like you just described the voice of your book. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's um, you used the word honest when you were describing your your dad, and um, mm-hmm. it's a word that kept coming to me as I was moving through your book. That wow, you're just wonderfully honest. It's 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 not, you know, this writing is not timid. It's not holding back. It's very clearly to me rooted in love that you're you're deeply loving that's clear to me and that love um seems to propel you into this wonderful honesty and directness and um a nakedness which is even even a vulnerability right and i don't I just don't think that in this in this field that you and i are acquainted with folks are used to that it's 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 dearly missing. So this is precious just in that sense, this offering of yours. Thank you so much. I really received that. I, To be honest, I, I think that that is what has always saddened me is the lack of vulnerability I encountered in a field that I imagined going into it, right? Mm-hmm. E, deeply vulnerable. I just assumed. <laughs> yeah assumed that there would be more introspection more and not that it's not there not that there are not pockets and people and spaces and but I just assumed as a whole that if we're utilizing our knowingness our perception our uh, power and ability uh, to sit there and hold space for someone if we're going to look at how patterns of discontent and despair and whether we want to call it illness, disease, disease, how that shows up in a person, I would imagine that if we are that instrument of reflection, <laughs> that mm-hmm. mirror, that we would also need to do a great deal of digging and um, transparency and vulnerability. And when I had mentors and or professors or colleagues that showed aspects of that 
even if it didn't come out in really clean, well put together, whatever that means, ways, I found that I was drawn to them mm. because mm. it felt like, oh, that's truth. Yeah. You know, not, not not like truth on a give me a peer review journal, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but but oh that that feels right, that feels accurate. Not just because Jennifer says, but because that's also reflective of blank many experiences of the people that I was serving. Yeah, right. And it felt like truth because it came from an unfiltered, less um, perhaps egoic mm-hmm. place, um, and, and and I found. I think that that's what I value in folks. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe that's why the decolonizing therapy um, work or page or this book, I think that's why people are resonating with it. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is something that a lot of us have been hungry for. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I say, you know, amen. I say to that, I hope. Because, you know, I, I am as you are, I'm drawn toward what feels real to me and authentic and genuine um what feels as though it's not soaked or saturated in ego and um performative um persona you know i just i'm drawn i feel safer with souls that give me that energy that they are they're not trying to um you know they're not trying to impress me or anyone they're just being and and in that being comes that vulnerability and you know i've spent a lot of time in spaces with practitioners you know whether they be psychologists psychiatrists um social workers um you know mental health all the system the system professionals a lot of time through the years in those spaces where my role was to somehow facilitate mm, supporting their their collective processes together in the workplace of, of well-being, their own well-being and, and in the relationship between them and their clients and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what you're describing is something that's been a part of my soapbox, if you will, <laughs> uh, very often this idea that, you know, whether it's this country and, and the, the national societal culture or, it's the, the culture within these systems or both uh, folks tend to come into these profe- professions and they end up dehumanizing themselves and being dehumanized, of course. Mm-hmm. But at some point it's like they, they do it to themselves as well. And, and so they lose that the soulfulness that I feel it should be at the heart of any kind of healing work, any kind of medicine work. Don't you feel? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, that yes, whole idea, yes. that how, yeah, like the whole idea um, in psychology of, uh, oh, you're, you know, you're supposed to uh, have this professional distance with people so that you can avoid transference. And, and these, <laughs> I don't know where these ideas came from, but culturally, you know what? I'm curious to ask you, Jennifer, yes. do you feel that that this this cultural norm within so many of these fields where people carry themselves and conduct themselves and relate with others um, without vulnerability. You know, they're not showing their heart. They're not showing their journey. They're not uh, revealing themselves in any way. They're just sort of imposing as like mm-hmm. a colonizer. Do you feel that this honestly um, comes from a, a rooting in, um, let's say, uh, a kind of, What's the word I'm looking for? Not stereotypical, but like an archetypical um, white maleness that yes. these fields have all, you know, grown out of and and really are still in the grip of. Do you, yes. do you see that as having something to do with the way people exist in these spaces and in these professions? Uh, a thousand percent. Yeah, and thank you so beautifully um, you're such a poet, and, and you are a poet. And, uh, I'm just drawn in and listening and just going with the pentameter. So for me, I'm just silent and looking out my window at this bird, just like, yes, sir. Yes, give it to yeah. uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. So I just I felt it. I was feeling it and feeling mm-hmm. it. And, and yes, and, and you know, 
<laughs> I, for, for many, 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 many years, I thought like I was sitting on calling it what, what I felt like it was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and afraid at times. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe back then I was, let's be real. I wasn't as fearful. I think I'm more fearful as I get a little older and as more visibility. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I have yeah. to be honest. I, I don't, yeah. I think I'm, side note, I struggle more currently because fear feels like a newer emotion that I'm allowing myself to connect with where in the okay. past I was way more just like leading with my heart, my voice, whatever needed to come out. Yeah. And there was maybe less quote unquote repercussion, whatever that means. Yeah. I feel um, you. So I, what I will say though, is there was always right. That power and control and that hierarchy and that many, not mm-hmm. all, but many of my professors, teachers, supervisors were, um, self-identified like cisgendered white men and yeah. generally significantly older and mm-hmm. generally starting to retire out of the field. And sure, there were one or two or three that really did everything possible to stay current, to mm-hmm. understand culture, identity, um, all of it, right? Trauma mm-hmm. highlighted it and made allowed for a space where it wasn't violent. However, majority of my experience involved violence. Okay. For me or others, um, where as a perfect example, I would say, and I think I talked about, I think I made a little note of this in the book where I was at NYU and that was like my dream school for my master's. And I, you know, because I was a city kid and a club kid and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to be in Washington Square Park, you know, sitting yeah. around the fountain for lunch and <laughs> hanging out with my friends afterwards. And um, and I, I was able to do that for my master's while working full-time at a partial care program in Newark, New Jersey, for youth and children that were dealing with extreme, extreme trauma. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, maybe. I changed clothes and put deodorant on, but I didn't go home overnight, you know, because I was in a weekend intensive program, my, my mm-hmm. um, master's. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, changed my clothes and I came in and I'm telling my girlfriend, Allison, all about my night and professor isn't in. We're waiting for class to start. It's like Saturday morning. And I think I'm what, 23, 24, 25, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking. I'm being Jen, whatever, whatever, this and that. <laughs> and professor walks in, I guess here's maybe 30 seconds of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to fast forward. We're sharing um, and we're talking about literally how racism shows up in therapy, like, you know, diversity and all of this. Mm-hmm. And he was a white man. Mm-hmm. And as I speak, he says, you know, Jennifer, Every so often, this boys in the hood comes out of you. Ooh. For someone who's straight, who speaks so eloquently, you can, and you're so intelligent. Every so often, this boys in the hood comes out of you, and you need to work on that. Mm, you need to work on that. You need to work on that. And I shut down and did not stand up for myself and didn't say anything. And I did not really have the words for it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought about how that stayed with me, my, my life. Yes. Um, that if there was various concerns or thoughts he had, he could have phrased it differently and also spoken to me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I thought about also the ways in which, you know, that white male Eurocentric identity, how, how, how without some work on the self and mm-hmm. without other community holding someone accountable and you know, lovingly calling them in that there can be a lot of harm, right? The belief is to be more stoic mm-hmm. um, office that is carte blanche, like, you know, not telling anything about you and anything yeah. that you see and anything you believe um, always put it back on the person you're working with, which yeah. we call a client um, always ask, why are you at, you know, put it back on them consistently, like boomerang that back. And mm-hmm. from a very young age, I felt like that was gaslighting. You know, um, mm. from a young age, I thought every time someone did it to me, I found myself just thinking, I, well, I genuinely want to connect. I just, yeah. connect. I just yeah. genuinely don't want to sit here and just dump on someone. I 
I, you know, maybe part of that is my stuff of wanting to also hold, but it felt as though there's a way that this can feel reciprocal that I don't feel like I'm a patient <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I'm not broken. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that I am also kind of aware that there's another human sitting across from me mm -hmm. and that I'd also like to know a little bit about where this human stands on some things, because that'll allow me to feel safer and a little bit more present and a little bit more clear with what I'm, where I'm at, you know, somebody that was very, and I'm not the only one that was very hypervigilant and was exposed to a lot of different forms of emotional, verbal, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. um, knowing who I was sharing with felt really important. <laughs> hey, hey. Wow. I, I love you for what you just shared, Jennifer, because <laughs> it sounded like me. I'm biased. I, I, you, you, I felt like I was just listening to myself there. That was beautiful because, you know, this kind of, this form of violence that you just detailed um, is one, of course, you and I know that uh, a lot of folks who um, exist in this world, the majority of humankind really experiences this kind of violence. It's, you know, receives it, is targeted by it from childhood onward in many cases on a daily basis, this, this, and we're speaking now of the violence of um, dehumanization and, and um, that, that condescending uh, cultural uh, authoritarianism that says, you know, that it, that intrinsically judges you immediately. You need to work on that. You need to work on that. The way that you look, your hair, your speech, your mannerisms, your, the shape of your body, your skin color, your gender, you, you need to work on that. That kind of daily rain and assault um, that pillages from us our sense of beauty and worth and belonging. And, you know, we we come into these spaces where, you know, we go to school, right? We say, oh, you know, we've been taught if I get my degree, you know, get my education, then, then, you know, that'll open doors and then I can have this profession and blah, blah, blah. But the deeper we go into that journey, in many cases, the more we are being assaulted by that form of violence, which folks who are raised, um, not only raised in a mainstream culture but are reflected by the mainstream culture they really don't believe us because it's not their experience they don't understand what violence we're talking about they don't understand what trauma we have lived they don't understand what we would be concerned about in these spaces that they consider to be the cream of the crop elite of of being human when you have these degrees and you have these jobs and these titles you know, this is rare air. You should be happy you're here. Um, and meanwhile, your sensitive soul is being pierced daily uh, by by things such as what you described, where the person is just not opening up and being human with you. So you don't even know who you're sharing with and you don't feel safe because it's as though you're speaking to the machine. You're you're sharing with the matrix and yeah. they will not budge that stoicism that the the um the masks that that are worn um they just won't budge with it and so yeah you're left feeling less safe and i've had conversations about this for decades you know going back to you know with with students um and you know listening to them share about how they are, feel uncomfortable with certain professors and why they feel uncomfortable or how they feel um, unsafe with certain mentors or advisors or, you know, people who may be on their research committee or um, over them supervising them in their internship. But I, I'm, I really would love to know, how do you support students in relation to that, that teeter-totter of, you know, safety and, and unsafety, that, that dynamic of, um, you know, trying to fit in and belong into a conventional, uh, traditional for this country way of being that everyone is adhering to around them, but then their own natural 
indigenous way of being that they yearn to just release? How do, how do you support young people and, and students with all of that? Oh, yes. Again, receiving, receiving all you're yeah, saying. Thank you. <laughs> thank Loving you. this. Yes. And thank you for all the work you do and have done with students, with colleagues, with you, with the mm. world, all your poetry mm. for over the years. So I just felt thank you. very compelled to say that. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. That's yeah. that feeds me. I appreciate that. Thank you for your sincerity. Um, to answer your question. I believe it's one of my favorite roles. <laughs> yeah. Like I really do love working with students um, or people that are, you know, rather what would they call it, green or yeah. new to the field. Yeah. Like I feel much like why I enjoyed so much working with children and adolescents. There is a, um, I don't know, maybe a little poetic here, maybe like a purity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, energetic. There's yeah. a and a space where I believe many students are closer to um, having one foot out, right, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. hopefully still having large fabrics of their own humanity. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and also deeply invested and excited and wanting to make change and probably having a lot of the energy to. Mm consistently because i think these systems they wear us down right yeah, yes. it wore me down physically wore me down sometimes it still does yeah. um, and i know lots of people that never made it out right um and mm -hmm. you know have a friend that passed away at her desk and yeah, yeah and so so i hold space for all of that and, and so with students what i notice is there is this how can I help? What can I do differently? What can I, there's already this energy, not all, but many. And with many students, um, particularly those that have had experiences of violence or have been allies and comrades, right? To those that have been systematically dehumanized. There is often this understanding that the way that it stands cannot continue. And so I'm really, I'm really clear about that. I feel like I'm consistently preparing them to a unlearn and get re-educated also out of academia. Mm -hmm. B get politicized. And what I mean by that isn't a particular like believe in this or believe in that, but rather get a little educated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 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 like how is clean running water political, right? <laughs> As they say in the book, right? right? Mm -hmm. And why did that have to be? It shouldn't be, however. Right, right. right. <laughs> however, where many of us live and stand and what's happening globally, it's extremely political, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It went, that went thousands, millions, you know, Palestinians cannot get access to food and clean running mm -hmm. water and uh, menstrual care, and, and all political, all political. Yeah. And so I think that many of us are seeing it in real time outside of history books at this time. And I find that students now more than ever are saying, we wanna learn it from people that are still honoring our humanity and weaving yeah. in our own intelligence, meaning the students' intelligence, the youth's intelligence, because there's so much I believe we, you know, us older heads, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. there's so much that we may need to open our eyes and ears and hearts to that maybe younger generations automatically carry with them. Yes. And it's like my, my resistance, I had a very rigid resistance to like social media and Instagram. And then my students lovingly volunteered me and were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to hold you accountable. The way you hold us accountable is at the end of a retreat. We think that this work needs to go out into the world and we will hold you accountable to please just keep showing up and you can call it what you want. Here's what we called it. <laughs> and then decolonizing therapy was born because this is the work that I was already doing. Wow. With them. You wow. know, they would have never, ever in a million years got on Instagram and social media. And it grew and grew and grew because I felt like it was like my private virtual journal. <laughs> I just kept, yeah. right? I was still in academia and it was killing me, literally killing me. Yes. Um, and, and so what I would say is, A, 
I tell them you can learn these theories. You can understand psychoanalysis. You can understand CBT. You can understand narrative. You can understand uh, heart-centered assisted therapy. You can learn EMDR. You can do all of this. Yeah, understand the difference you want if you want to between Margaret Mahler and Melanie Klein and Freud and Charcot and da, 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 right? Yeah. So that you, if you want to, if you want to, <laughs> but you can understand also what we're pushing up against. Yeah. And you can understand some of the archaic ways in which an individual was extremely pathologi pathologized yeah. and dissected. Yes. And we can choose to bring humanity into this. And there's some beautiful aspects of it. And there are some ways that don't work at all. Mm -hmm. and really were founded on the basis of unfortunately sexual abuse of women freud <laughs> yes. right uh, violence within families um the bourgeoisie you know literally a lot of these theories were not founded with us whoever a lot of us are in mind no. and um if i say that i talk about it you know i said let's talk about it if you're gonna be a, we gotta be a critical lover of our fields yeah. So the way you support students and, and people, you know, young or green in the field is just by encouraging them to open up and have these conversations with you and with each other. Yes, that is correct. Uh, uh, yeah. I love that. That's organic. You know, it doesn't require a, a grant or no. really anyone's <laughs> approval. <laughs> it's just it's just relational. Right. Yes. Yes, and, and and I love the. It's a beautiful story about how your your students were the ones that brought you into the social media space, and you know you see how that has grown now, and how many souls um, your account alone has touched and reached. It's beautiful that they um, that they led you in that, that they encouraged you in that, and that you followed. That's yes. humility and grace. Yeah, that's that openness that, like you said, uh, we old heads, oftentimes <laughs> there's this, um, we get confused. We think that because we've been around for a while, like somewhere in us seeps in this, this story maybe that says, I have learned so much. I really, my role now going forward is to teach and, and somewhere in that story it snuffs out our um what should be a lifelong vocation or flame candle lit for learning for discovering and for wonder right and you can you can learn from a, a two-year-old obviously an 18-year-old you can learn from anybody if you are open and willing you can learn from a blade of grass if you desire to and and so many times in these spaces these academic and uh, system spaces the the elitism um connected to the sense of status and and tenure you know creates these mentalities that are just very closed and not humble not broken enough to receive inspiration mm. and light you know from, mm. from really everywhere from everywhere it's there for us and um so that's beautiful to me the way that you you know coexist with with others and you let your passion spill into them and they let their their passions spill into you that's that's commendable i appreciate you for that Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm also thinking to myself as you're talking um, that I don't think I did it. On, I, didn't, I didn't and I don't do it on purpose because I still take calls with students, with doctoral students, with master's students. I have like special spot in my schedule whenever I can to just talk, to check in. And mm. I think I've ready this month like four <laughs> mm. and sometimes I can't and it's not possible and they could be strangers you know you know sometimes yeah. I, I just read an email or my, my my admin will send it to me and I'm just like okay I'm touched let's schedule something yeah. you know because I feel this like this starvation right that this emotional spiritual physical starvation that is sort of missing there um and there's seeking at hand that support that 
that what do I do? How do I, where do I go? And it's not so much advice giving, but modeling holding space. Beautiful. There you, you go. Know? I feel like Beautiful. it's modeling holding space that automatically infuses loving accountability, hard questions, as well as really taking some of, especially those of us that are trained as psychologists, we're taught to dissect. We're taught, right? Like, I mean, our education, generally speaking, it's sort of like looking at what doesn't work (laughs) or what is a problem and treating in some way, shape or form, right? And, And so I think if we can flip that on its head <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and not just be a Pollyanna-ish because as we know, people come in in a great deal of pain. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also looking at yeah, really from a strength space, and this has been around for years, right? Strength space, what works? What are the, the pockets of people, community, support, pods, uh, belief systems, hobbies, you name it, you know, activities mm-hmm. that they have in place that will support them to get through this hard time because 45 minutes or an hour once a week is not always going to cut it. Right. Yeah. We need community. And and I think that community, I'm so sorry. Did I cut you off? Sorry. No, no, no. I was amening you on that. Okay. (laughs) And I think that that community care is essential. And if we can show our students or those that we teach what that could look like and what that feels like and also how to carry that out in the world with them when dealing with other individuals that don't have the same beliefs. Um, I think that there is possibility and opportunity for more relationship building. I mean, you know, we know that hard conversations can build relationship, right? (laughs) It can, it can with the right, right with the right kind of bookends in place and with the kind of love and care and i've had friends that are not therapists be wonderful role models of that like shout out to my good friend vanita rodman jenkins you know she i remember her at the university and still she still does it like where she's hello how are you how's your children you know she's Mm -hmm. so relational so present so caring so student-centered and colleague faculty-centered However, when something occurs that is problematic, when needed, she will speak up in the moment in a really firm, loving, direct way, mm-hmm. or gently, you know, have can I can we can I talk to you for a second, or can we can we make an appointment? You know, can I come to your office, or let's have lunch together? I want to talk to you about that programming that really didn't sit well with me, and here's why. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah what a way to learn that may help bypass some of that shame that shuts us down from hearing it. Yes. Yes. Wow. That was beautiful. I, I thank you for sharing about her and, you know, her examples and yours as well. I mean, what you were saying about the way that you are intentional in holding space, I feel that, you know, as you mentioned, sometimes folks are not necessarily looking for or needing explicit direction you know like uh like a script to follow or a roadmap maybe what they are yearning for is um your example in holding space and in that moment in that experience or that immersion they have activated within them their own self-direction their own navigation system their own compass just because you did hold space for them it helped them to access their own self their own wholeness in ways that maybe they hadn't before or were not practiced at if that makes sense absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. perfect sense perfect well sense. I hear, yeah and then i hear you talking about community and you know essentially i just what i envision you as in your own path in this field, in these spaces, is um, someone helping us to remember um, indigenous ways. That's how I would mm-hmm. language it, you know, simply the ways of our ancestors, what it means to be in relationship, as opposed to the 500 years or more of um, 
colonized hyper-individuality, transactionality, exploitation, um, extraction, um, just a, the dehumanized, robotic, android-like way of being that so many souls have been literally battered into if, through physical violence, emotional violence, um, you know, threats to job um, status, threats to whatever it is, you know. Um, yes. So many souls just have been harmed into this condition of um, derogating their ancestral inheritance and duty. And I see you um, as, as one of the, the many souls that are doing this sacred work of just helping us to find our way back to what it means to be a living thing, what it means to be in relationship with other living things, and just how beautiful that can be when we let it. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. I'm like, can you provide my bio verbal, <laughs> you know, in a spoken word format anytime it's just <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to. Oh, yeah. that beautiful. Really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I yeah, you know, I, I feel um it is both my nature and my let's call it a, a personal campaign to to express to people, you know, my appreciation for them, my cherishing of them, my treasuring of them, my reverence, my esteem, my admiration. And um, as I posted the other day on, on Instagram, just, you know, expressing when someone moves you, let them know, because maybe that will move them and maybe they need that, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah. We, 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 we are moved by each other. We're very social, you know, in social psychology, which is where I was studying. Um, there's a classic book called The Social Animal. And it's this, you know, the idea that human beings are highly social, social um, creatures. And when we stray from that, that's when we get into trouble. And, you know, that's what I hear you describing is just really how these these spaces, these fields, these enterprises, these academic castles and all of that um, have in ways been void of full, healthy, thriving social vitality and, you know, have contributed to a, a on the broader human species level, this mm -hmm. worldwide um, Mm. And pandemic of isolation and loneliness and aloneness and despair, right? And depression and anxiety. And these these patterns are understandable if we really look at, at the roots of them. Yes, it, it is understandable, right? And, mm -hmm. and it keeps feeling to me as though um, it, it deeply, like it keeps feeling as though we are unearthing. I feel like sometimes I'm pulling up the root mm -hmm. of something. Um, and and I, I sometimes watch this or my life play out in my plants. I'm not a gardener like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not there. Um, and I don't have any land to garden per se. Well, maybe that's not true, but I, I haven't I haven't put my hands into it in that way. But with my yeah. plants, which I do love deeply, uh -huh. uh, I notice when, because I'm on the East Coast, like I've just, I'm really sad. I, I have, I have, I want to say killed my beloved mm. plant, Asada. <laughs> I've had her for over 10 years because in the summer and spring, I left her out on the balcony and she was thriving. Mm -hmm. And then I think I waited maybe a week too long and a frost came and she is just not recuperating, you know? So I, I may need to either cut her down to the root or I don't know, let her go. And I, and I think to myself, this is, this is us, right? Trees are amazing ancestors. Yes. Trees will remind us, they give us oxygen. They give yes. us shade. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we, they, they're, they've been around for years and years and years. Many of them, um, that some of them bear fruit. 
they're animals. They mm-hmm. they underground are are often rooted around each other. There there's right mm-hmm. communities of trees. I'm mm-hmm. also learning that trees walk. <laughs> they can yeah. move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which amazes me. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, um, and I and I and I dare say that the closer I get to the ground, you know, mm. closer I get as I head towards fifty, and I know I have a ways to go, but yeah. but as I move into elderhood on a different realm, the more that I can appreciate the the slowness and yeah. the the mobilization and the tenderness of nature. I see how that's reflected in me or vice versa. And mm-hmm. I see how it's reflected in my community and the softer I want to be mm-hmm. with humanity. Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes every sense. You speaking to the, to the, <laughs> you know, you are preaching to <laughs> the people right here in me. You're speaking my language. I'm soaking it up. I'm savoring it. It's like I'm at a big bowl of soup and I'm just grinning. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm also feeling very called to say that. I mean, that's one of the reasons that the the tree and the roots and the heart is the roots um, is on the cover. And mm-hmm. you know, shout out to the artists and so yes. often artists and covers of books don't always get honored and you, mm-hmm. you know and heard. And, and I remember saying also that this was important, that there needed to be tree and roots. They're like, oh, we could just use your logo. And I said, no, 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 no. I I, I really. I think that this needs to elicit emotion in, mm-hmm. in people if, if, it, if it resonates. But I really thought to myself that we are mending 400, 500 plus years, right? Of that mm-hmm. dehumanization of that level of whatever we call trauma. And in this mending, we're not doing this in isolation. Sure, there's work, quote, quote, work. There's tenderness that we need to enact and engage in in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Things we need to do to work on loving on ourselves and bringing ourselves back home, whatever that means to us. Mm-hmm. But generally as someone whose group group was a savior to me and group is what I enjoy doing the most. I really feel that we get to really start liking ourselves and loving mm-hmm. ourselves, especially as people that have been taught that the very fabric of who we are is not okay mm-hmm. <laughs> in some way. <laughs> in the way not everyone was taught that, but many of us received that message in some way, shape, or form, even if it wasn't from family, right? Oh, Maybe yeah. from media and elsewhere, um, that it is a resistance to start to like yourself. And when I think of 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, you know, sometimes 30-year-olds or even more, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's really easy to not like yourself. To yeah. really feel like I'm deficient, I'm less than, I am, I am broken because of these experiences, and I do think that the rerouting and looking at where we come from, who we have descended from, how we have managed to not just manage to survive, but continued and prevailed and survived, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, and and if we can use and and pocket with us some of that soil some of that ancestral indigenous soil as we move forward into the future, man, we'll, 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 we'll continue to see ourselves in each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, we can continue to see ourselves in each other, even the parts that, that make me want to look away. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All of it. The wholeness. Yeah, that's you. You are you a preacher too. You you are inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> you got me ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> You're feeding me. Uh, I so appreciate it. Um, you know, and I am biased. I have to say that it's just that you know everything that you carry in your heart is kindred to what I've carried in my heart all my life. So, you know, I I see that in you. I recognize it. I honor it, and I celebrate it. It gives me hope really for our collective rehumanizing journey uh that there are souls out there you know such as you who um are just so devoted to this and just so alive in it you know it's um it's Mm -hmm. to me to me the way we have to go we have no choice we have to find our way back to the heart and the soul and the roots um your your cover by the way on the book is amazing i love it 
the the heart shape woven by the roots and the intertwined um, trunks coming up from the ground. It's the symbolism. It's saying so much about where we are in 2024, where we need to go um, truly to save ourselves. And yeah, you know, it's critical, it's urgent, it's real. um, And we need folks to just be in the condition where they are loving on themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can have the capacity to participate in this revival yeah yes 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 snapping (laughs) (laughs) yes i love it i love it uh jennifer you know we could go we could go for hours i know i know (laughs) (laughs) we we, i don't even want to be bringing this to a close but it's not closing it's never closing we're gonna you know i will stay in the river in different ways and and i look forward to that um yeah and maybe even uh breaking bread one day in the same place together that would be beautiful that would be beautiful and it is going to happen i deeply feel it and um, i'll be visiting the um la area maybe you know at the end of this year so who knows yeah we can definitely that would be amazing and i would love a gardening tip or two (laughs) Ah, yeah well you know um let me let me like hold your heart as you are feeling grief with your plant baby you know and if i were there i would definitely um see what I could do. I would bend low and in touch and feel and sense, you know, you know, you know, it never hurts to uh, sing to her and uh, mm. just, just give her love in all your own natural ways. And, you know, you mentioned um, your intuition is strong. And so you mentioned cutting her down to the root um, or close that may actually be helpful. Um if you kind of like intuit how far back to cut her, um, because energetically, when a plant is distressed like that, they are spending so much energy trying to heal and maintain their equilibrium that it does really help plants sometimes to be paired back. Okay, thank so you. So there's that, yeah, yeah. And if I'm on site, I'll see what else I can can offer. I'll be praying praying for her and for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this conversation. Oh, this, you fed me. You truly nourished me. And um, yeah, I I just want you to know that I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm just always wishing you well. Thank you, brother. Likewise, love you too. I appreciate your soul and spirit in this world. And we need more of you in this world and your medicine and your poetry and your your uh, loving resistance resistance doesn't feel like a word that personifies you but there mm-hmm. there's another word there for it you know you know because i don't feel like you re- it's not like a pushback there's no tension but yeah. there's just a um your offerings mm. you know continue to allow humanity to unfurl and you and to feel and to love and i and i really truly feel like for me anyway that's what rage is is that i love you so flipping much that i am enraged for you and for us yes (laughs) yes it's like you're you're on fire with determination i see that i see rage that way like i'm on fire with determination for you to be free for me to be free for we Mm -hmm. to be free give us us free amistad yes (laughs) yes yes Yes. thank Thank you you. dear thank you and we will be in touch bless you and what you just said we'll let that be our prayer for humanity Thank you. Uh, Ashley, thank you. All right, dear. Peace. Okay. Peace. Bye.